Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God who is eager to forgive and who loves us beyond our days. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, you know our problems and our weaknesses better than we ourselves. In your love and by your power, help us in our confusion. And in spite of our weakness, make us firm in faith through, through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us be seated. <clears throat> Now it's time for our children's message. We just heard a reading from the book of Philemon, which is the shortest letter to the church from Paul. When we gather for worship, we often hear readings that are part of letters uh, that one of Jesus' early followers wrote. Mostly Paul, right? Mostly Paul. This was back in a time before email, before texting, before phone calls. Words were communicated to others far away by sitting down and writing a letter. When was the last time you wrote a letter? I've written thank you cards recently, but I haven't really just sat down and handwritten a letter to somebody. We listen to God's word to us through these letters. Now, while we don't write letters or send them as often nowadays, each of us is a letter from God. He has given us the word to spread to others. Now, we may not be paper, but we definitely can spread that word. I was just thinking about this when we sat in here. As you leave the sanctuary, it says service entrance, and now I'm thinking we should add outgoing mail. <laughs> We are sent to spread God's word, God's love, and his forgiveness. And we can share that message every day as God's living letters by what we do and what we say. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you so much for giving us the letters you gave us to learn from. Thank you for making us letters to share that word with others and to be sent out into this world, spreading your love and forgiveness. Amen. I invite you to rise as you are able. Let us together welcome the gospel. frankly about the costs of discipleship. Those who follow him should know from the outset that completing the course of discipleship will finally mean renouncing all other allegiances. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Now large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king? Going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for the terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This is another passage in Luke where Jesus has crowds among them. So there's a lot of eating in Luke. There's a lot of alternating male and female healing and attention. And then there are crowds, lots of crowds. And Jesus responding to crowds, teaching in crowds, being overwhelmed by crowds. This is another crowd scene. With, with Jesus. And so it says that the crowds are um, traveling with him. And so he turned to them and said, this is also another example of Luke and hyperbole. Hyperbole, what is hyperbole? Exaggeration. Yeah, like way extreme. Yeah. And to make a point. And there are a number of places where, where Luke does this. One of the commandments is honor thy mother and father. We're not actually being asked to hate. But one of the things that was more common in language at the time of Jesus was to, to use hate as a, a, a word in opposition to love. And I mean that, I know sometimes people use hate in opposition to love now, but it's the same thing. To say you either love something or you might have to relinquish it. You know, it's, it's to, um, I can't think of another example, but, but hate, hate has, has the one sense of literally renouncing and disdaining. But there's also the hate that's more determining not to give our allegiance to that. Even so, we define ourselves very often by our relatives. To whom are we related? Right? If, if I just go to meet people, say, who are you? Or I'm asked, who are you? Well, take a moment. Somebody comes up to you. Who are you? After you get past saying, why do you want to know? Uh, how do you answer? It depends on where I am. OK, depends on where you are. Give, say a little more. Sometimes I'm Violet's mom. Sometimes you're Violet's mom, relational. But if I, but if I were meeting somebody who I know knows my parents, 
I would then identify myself as their child. Your parent's child? To make a connection. Right. That's a little bit deeper than just, I'm Amanda. Right, so it's our name, and for some of us, even our name is relational. So my, my uh, title, pastor, is relational. It's a relationship to a particular office and function in the church. Then Karen, I don't know, my mom has theories about where Karen came from, but we won't go into it. Then <laughs> my uh, second name is Didier which is French for of or from God. It also happens to be my mother's family name. Then my third name is Schneider, which is German for Taylor. It's also my father's family name. And then Perkins, which is, I don't know, English for Perkins, um, which is my husband's family name. So even my name is relational. It says, who do I belong to? To whom am I related? And some cultures do that more formally than others. There are some where the hyphenation and which comes first and which comes next is, is extremely formalized so that you can trace who's related to whom. May have told some of the, you this before, but uh, I, your previous call would go to court with some of, of um, parishioners or parishioners' kids who were facing charges. And you know people write letters of reference. Every single letter of reference, every single one, started out with, I am related to this person. Might not be those words, but this is how I'm related to the person, which in some cases could be several sentences long. And this is how long I've known the person. This is what qualifies me. This is, this is who I am to this person. So a lot of times we do that when we're introducing ourselves too. This is who I am to this other person. And that cuts through a lot of red tape if you want to trust somebody. We have all heard people say, oh, she's from a good family. He's from a good family, right? Or, ooh, he's from that family. People might not say that out loud. You might say that out loud. But we know it happens. Now, does that determine who somebody is? Eh, a little bit. A lot, though, we need to get to know each other. But it's a shorthand. Well, even more, even more in Jesus' day, relationships absolutely defined a person's position in society, defined what they could do, where they could go, who they could marry, how valuable they were, whether or not they were a throwaway person or an important person. Citizenship was determined by relationships. Priesthood was determined by relationships. Land ownership was determined by relationships. Every piece of somebody's life in the Roman Empire and then in Judea was determined by relationships. What's your lineage? Whose are you? And if you look at you know, the Gospels that list Jesus' lineage, different orders, but it's the same lineage, right? What are the relationships? Okay, I'm emphasizing that because Jesus is talking to that when he says, 
you have to hate mother and father, sister and brother. He's not talking to, to an independent group who are custom, quite honestly, a lot of us either define our own families or know people who define their own families for, for a wide range of reasons. He's talking to people who their entire value is based in their relationships. And he's saying, you've got to let that go. Not because you won't be honoring your family, not because you won't be continuing to love those people, but because if those, peop if those relationships are your defining priority, you can't follow me. Because in order to follow me, I have to be your defining priority. You have to be Christian first. Okay, he didn't use Christian because they didn't call it that at that time. He was Jewish. But for followers, we're called to be Christian first. Before Pastor, before Didu, uh, before Schneider, before Perkins. Right? Before two, because I'm always Karen two. No matter where I am in life, I happen to be Karen Perkins too. But before any of those, first, follower of me. That's really a powerful call to vulnerability. But this is a passage of these like really weird concepts, contrasts, right? We've got, we've got this following and relinquishing. We've got the gift of grace that requires a sacrifice and for which we are going to, going to sacrifice, going to suffer. We're being called to freedom by submitting. So there, there is this juxtaposition of these concepts that Jesus is trying to get across that this is who you have to be to be truly free. To be truly free, you have to relinquish all the status that comes with your relationships. All the status that comes with your relationships. And in contemporary North America, that means all the status that comes with race, heteronormative sexuality, middle classness, longtime residence where you're from, education, job, probably name others. If those are your defining identities, you are going to follow your commitment to that. Defining yourself and allowing yourself to be defined that way. You have to relinquish it. And then, and then, 
you will also be free. Free from the demands that you put on yourself in order to excel, look good, function well, be positioned well. I mean, at that time, it's like, okay, you gotta make sure you marry the right person. But do you live in the right place? You can let go of that. Because the thing that defines you is Jesus. That's what makes us free. And then he says this thing about take up your cross and follow me. Now, in case you've never noticed this before, Jesus has not yet been crucified. A lot of people are still really confused about this when he says it. He says, take up your cross and follow me. So it's either foreshadowing or it's something that was projected back into the text. There are uh, disagreements among scholars. But we fortunately get to benefit from the idea, take up your cross and follow me, which, by the way, is voluntary. Take up your cross and follow me. It's a choice. We get to make it for ourselves. We do not get to take up other people's crosses and throw it on them. Ever? Ever? It's not a justification of letting people, letting people bear what they may not choose to bear. But it does mean we're invited to make that choice. Take up your cross. And I don't know if you've ever seen a cross on which people are crucified. Okay, they're heavy. Now, maybe you get a little bit of leverage there. You can drag it for a waves, but they're heavy. In order to lift it, well, somebody of my strength is going to need help. So this is another one of those take up your cross and yet knowing you can't do it alone, trust that I've actually, I've actually taken up mine first. And I've provided others who will help you. Because we're, after he's got done saying, you have to hate all these relationships, then he says, in following me, we are in relationship with Christ, which puts us in relationship with each other as brothers and sisters, parents and children, spouses. Okay, it depends on the way you think of it. But we're given these relationships, so we get this power of relationships in the relinquishing of relationships. We choose to take up our cross. And what take up our cross means what are we called to? What is the ministry we're called to? What are the sacrifices we're called to? What is the love that we're called to, especially when it's hard? Take up your cross. Because we have people to help. We have Jesus to help. We have Jesus who has done it already. Crucified, died, was buried, and resurrected. And that lifting up is what we're invited into as well. In order to follow Jesus, okay, 
let go of all this stuff so that he can follow us, so that we can lift the cross, so that we can be Okay, it's a lot. So I invite you to just come to the table today and submit. Submit. We're not kneeling right now because of space and flexibility, but submit. There's a reason we bow. Submit, which just means relinquish your power. That's all. That's all. And be filled, filled with God's grace. It'll lead you on. Amen. Would you join the Apostles' Creed? I believe believe in in God, God, the the Father Father Almighty, Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. earth. I believe believe in Jesus Christ, Christ, God's only Son, Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. scattered grains of wheat are gathered together into one bread. So let us gather our prayers for the church, those in need, and all of God's good creation. We pray for the church around the world and for the mission of the gospel. Refresh the hearts of your people, deepen our understanding of every good thing we share, and strengthen our partnerships in the faith. God of grace. For the well-being of the earth and all its creatures, for trees and forests, for all that will yield fruit this season, and for streams and other bodies of water, God of grace. For the nations of those in authority, for the elected leaders of our towns, states, and country, and for international organizations, Grant wisdom to those who govern and raise up citizens who make decisions in the best interest of their neighbors. God of grace. For all in need, for those who suffer from disease, who struggle with homelessness or food insecurity, for those whose family life is difficult, and for all in this community who need your care, especially those unable to find providers in town. God of grace. For this community of faith, for all our labors, begun, continued, and ended in you, that they glorify your holy name. Bless your people with the strength to live into their many vocations for the sake of the world. God of grace. For the ELCA and its leaders, we pray. Guide presiding Bishop Elizabeth Eaton, Alaska Synod Bishop Shelley Wickstrom, 
Bishop Tessa Moon Leeseth of our Sister Synod and Pastor Karen Perkins. Bless our neighbors in the Alaska Southeast Cluster and our Savior Lutheran Church, Nome, God of Grace. And for what else do the people of God pray? For those people in Mississippi suffering from uh, lack of potable water and floods, for those in Pakistan dealing with devastating floods, all those experiencing dramatic, dramatic weather events. We give thanks for the saints who now rest from their labors. Give us faith, like them, to love you with all their hearts and by your mercy, bring us to everlasting life. God of grace. Gathered together in the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, gracious God, we offer these and all our prayers to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And would you join in the mission statement? The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. God, who gives life to all things and frees us from despair, bless you with truth and peace. And may the Holy Trinity, one God, bless you, all, guide you always in faith, hope, and love.
Go in peace with Christ beside you. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.